Get those nerds! Nerd! Nerd! To deep in Bear Country, a Berenstain Bearcast. I'm your host, Phil Gonzalez, and today we have a very special guest here in studio, someone you all know, someone you all love, someone you are all very, very familiar with. Give a great big Bear Country welcome to great big beautiful me. Hello, me. I'm so happy to have me here in studio. It is so wonderful to talk to me. I am so wonderful to talk to you. Yes, I have no guests this week. You're stuck with me, just talkative me. Mr. Me, talking about a book. And what book are we talking about this week? I've got a special one for you. We are still in the depths of the big chapter books. I have no one here to talk about books with me this week, which is very strange, very sad, and very scary. But I am happy to be talking about a redonkulous book in the big chapter book series. The book that comes, as far as I know, right after Gotta Dance. We were just talking, uh, Jesse Cooper and I, in the last couple episodes, we had been talking about Cousin Fred and how Cousin Fred's kind of a weird know-it-all. He's hard to pin down. He never really had much of a character in the uh, storybooks, but suddenly in the big chapter books, he's got quite a mouth on him. And Jesse had pointed out that he was a bit of a uh, well-actually kind of guy. Uh, Well, he is being pushed off of his little pedestal this week because we are here with the Berenstain Bears and the Nerdy Nephew. That's right. We are dealing with nerds this week. The concept of nerds, the problem with nerds, the problem of nerds, all kinds of nerdy stuff. Nerds. You don't hear much about nerds in this day and age. People don't talk about nerds. It's a derogatory term that used to be part of the popular vernacular. Uh, There was a whole series of movies about nerds. It was about nerds and uh, their revenge on the establishment. It was called... Revenge of the Nerds, and nerds were a thing, uh, a really kind of an 80s thing. Uh, They were typically people who had bad social skills, were obsessively smart, and dressed unfashionably. And what's funny is today, it's kind of cool to be smart about things, to know a lot about particular subjects, to obsess over things. Uh, It's kind of cool to dress what used to be considered nerdy. And uh, socially awkward people are floating to the top of the social pile. So we don't see nerds very often. Every once in a while, I'll see someone post that like their children had like dress up like a nerd day at school. And I'm like, wow, do we still do that? Like humiliate the people who look a certain way days at school? Like in our school, it was always dress like a nerd day or there was dress like your favorite sport day or dress like a baby day, which was kind of weird. Now that I think about it, a bunch of people dressed like babies. I think that was a day, or was that a dream I had? That's weird. Baby day. But in any case, we don't really do nerds anymore. We do geeks. Uh, Geeks, which is an old circus term, which we won't go into, uh, are generally people who are obsessed with one particular subject. Uh, Comic book geeks, sci-fi geeks, sports trivia geeks. Geeks are just kind of people who are... Uh, have made themselves the expert on one thing. Uh, nerds, just, they're not a thing anymore. You know, we've we've uncategorized nerds. But the Berenstain Bears were still part of that zeitgeist, I guess. And they wanted to get in on that mad, mad, mad nerd business. So we do have the Berenstain Bears and the Nerdy Nephew. It's a weird book. It introduces a strange character who is another archetype that we don't see much of. Or if we do see him these days, he's portrayed a lot differently. Uh, there's a lot of problems I have with this character. It's a lot of problems I have with this book. So let's jump right in and find out what this book is all about. Now, 
starts off in chapter one. Brother is failing at his math class, but that doesn't matter because Actual Factual calls up. Brother's talking with Papa, and he's like, well, you know, why is your math grade so bad? And uh, Brother's like, yeah, I'm, I'm so busy. I'm trying to do the academic decathlon or whatever they call it. He's like, I'm on the football team. I'm, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm really busy at school. And Papa's like, well, maybe you're getting a little bit overwhelmed. Maybe you're taking on too much, which is set up is kind of a big deal in the book but then it doesn't really pay off at the end um but actual factual calls and he's calling up to beg the cubs to take care of his nephew ferdy while ferdy's parents are on a dig ferdy's parents are scientists uh he is actual factual's nephew the cubs of course are like sure we'll do that we love actual factual we love everything he's done for bear country so in chapter two here's the deal ferdy is a nerd uh even cousin freddy who's with him points this out and he is the king of the nerds. Like, Cousin Freddy is, like, the er nerd. He is, like, the er-nerd in bear country. Like, no no bear before Cousin Fred was ever a nerd. Um, but one thing the book does really early on is differentiate good nerds from bad nerds. So, Freddy is a good nerd. He's smart but friendly. He knows his place in the school pecking order. He doesn't rock the boat. Freddy is a good nerd. As Too Tall might say, he's one of the good ones. Now, Ferdy, Ferdinand Factual, is one of the bad nerds. He dresses like actual factual, which is cute on actual factual, but obnoxious on anyone else ever anywhere. Ferdy is also, for want of a better word, um, a word I can't actually say on uh, on the air. This is not that kind of, of, of podcast. They, they really don't he, – he doesn't come – he didn't go to school. He was homeschooled by his parents, who were super smart scientists, and they make a big deal out of this. It's, it's unusual for the Cubs. They're like, you didn't, you didn't go to school? So they find out that Ferdy never went to school. And so uh, he says, well, the exchange goes like this. I've never been to school in my life, said Ferdy. My goodness, cried sister. You're going to need a lot of help with everything. Reading, writing, math. Oh, my parents taught me all that when I was half your age, said Ferdy. They're top scientists, you know. Father is a paleontologist, and mother is an archaeologist. I'm sure there are better teachers than you could find in any school. He said the last word, as if it meant something totally worthless. Do you know what a paleontologist is? Cousin Fred started to answer. One of his hobbies was reading the dictionary for fun. So, of course, he knew what a paleontologist was. But Ferdy held up a hand and said, I asked, sister. Brother looked at Ferdy. He could tell the new cub was trying to embarrass her. Sister frowned. She thought hard for a moment. Paleontologist, she said. Someone who makes pails? Ferdy smiled for the first time since the cubs had met him. Then he threw back his head and laughed out loud. Ha ha ha, he roared. Tears formed in his eyes. Someone who makes pails, that's priceless. And I suppose an archaeologist is someone who makes ships? <laughs> he wiped his eyes. I guess you haven't learned those words in school yet, right? A paleontologist, a scientist who studies fossils, said Cousin Fred. He sounded angry. And an archaeologist is someone who finds and studies artifacts from the past. Ferdy looked surprised. Not bad, he said to Fred. What's your IQ? Fred shrugged. I'm not sure. What's yours? Oh, <laughs> you're better off not knowing, said Ferdy, yawning. Then he added... It's off the charts. So the entire crux of this book seems to end up being homeschool kids are a nightmare and maybe sociopaths. I'm not saying I'm not saying that's wrong, but uh, 
Well, anyway, uh, Ferdy is clearly a bad nerd. He's hyper book smart, condescending, and just he's completely over it. He's done with it. He doesn't understand how he could possibly learn anything about anything from public schools. He humiliates Sister Bear by mansplaining paleontology to her, and he one-ups Freddy, who up until this point, remember, was king of, well, actually. In fact, Ferdy Factual may as well have been named Ferdy, well, actual. That's mine. I get to keep I get to keep that joke. So brother finally loses it with Ferdy. Uh, Ferdy insults Papa Bear when he finds out that Papa Bear is a carpenter. Brother grabs Ferdy by the arm, and not in a gentle, like, caressing, welcome to Bear Country way, in a threatening way. And uh, they almost come to blows, but the situation gets diffused, and Sister Bear and Freddy are left with a very bad feeling about this nerd cub because he's stuck up, and they're stuck with him. So uh, by chapter three, uh, Ferdy has a run-in with Too Tall, which goes about as well as you can imagine. He insults brother by describing sports. Well, so uh, here's a little bit about Ferdy and sports. Now, Ferdy kept taking notes as they made their way to the office. Suddenly, he pointed to the school's trophy case. Well, what are these strange artifacts? He asked. What's artifacts? Asked sister. Uh, artifact, said cousin Fred. A made object, product of a culture or civilization. This is the school's trophy case, Brother said proudly. And these are the trophies won by the school's sports teams. All at once, Brother had an idea. Maybe he could talk Ferdy into joining the school's quiz bowl team. That way, Ferdy would feel more as if he belonged, and it would take some pressure off Brother. But even before Brother could open his mouth, Ferdy spoiled the thought. Ah, yes, sports, he said. The opiate of the mindless. So... There, there you have it. Like that, that's this is this is the cub we're dealing with. In chapter four, he proceeds to insult teacher Bob by correcting his grammar in front of the class. Although teacher Bob throws it back at him by explaining the difference between proper grammar and vernacular. Cousin Fred's hand shot up. Uh, vernacular, the speech or language of a place, the plain language in daily use by ordinary people. Ferdy mumbled something about ordinary stupid people. Teacher Bob is uh, driven to uh, actual murderous thoughts about this cub. He is used to dealing with difficult cubs. He understands that Ferdy is a is socially awkward. He's very smart, and he's dealt with cubs like this. But he quickly identifies Ferdy as one of the most difficult cubs he's ever encountered. But he's not going to back down. He's going to be nice to this cub. He's going to help him out. So uh, the cubs continue to be driven to distraction by this bad nerd, when they notice an interesting phenomenon, Queenie McBear is totally into him, guys. She's hanging out with Ferdy at recess while Ferdy takes notes, and this befuddles our heroes and infuriates our bullies as they proceed to pummel the poor cub for his social transgressions. And it's really hard to feel bad for Ferdy, everyone. He doesn't react to anything. He always comes out on top. He rubs his superior attitude into everyone's faces. He's making me root for Too Tall, who is a serial harasser. Also, Queenie is showing more and more interest in this little nerd. Cousin Fred was especially angry with Ferdy. He was afraid that the stuck-up little genius would give nerds a bad name. And that's kind of the crux of this book. Again, there's good nerds and there's bad nerds. And Ferdy is stepping way out of line with his nerdiness. Now, following all of this, Chapter 6, we get to the moment of parental intervention. In a way, this book follows the first-time reader books pattern by uh, having the cubs engage in a conflict that can only be resolved by a long talk with the family, allowing them to see things from a different perspective. 
Mama and Papa basically point out that because Ferdy, well, here's Mama's little monologue. Well, said Mama, I'm afraid some cubs are like that. Some grown-ups are, too. It's hard to explain why. It's as if they're afraid that no one will want to be friends with them, so they don't even try making friends. That way they feel safe. That way they think their feelings won't get hurt. Usually they think they're not as good as others in some way. They may not be as popular, or they may not be as good at sports, so they try to make up for it by acting like a know-it-all. Whenever their feelings do get hurt, they feel angry at the whole world, and they get pretty lonely that way. After a while, they start to feel like the last cub in the world. It sounds to me as if Ferdy is just that kind of cub. Brother thought for a moment. Mama was usually right about these kind of things, but everything she had just said seemed so complicated. A second opinion wouldn't hurt. He thought, What do you think, Papa? Brother asked. Papa leaned back in his easy chair. He gazed through the window. He looked into the darkness beyond the glow of the treehouse lights. Wimpy Walter, he said softly. So Papa, of course, knew a kid, Wimpy Walter, who went through exactly the very thing in school that they're going through right now. And he's now, Wimpy Walter, is now Professor Walter McLair, the local beekeeper who we've never heard of. And, you know, he turned out okay because whoever heard of a jerk college professor, right? So Mama and Papa tell the Cubs that everything will be okay with Ferdy if they just stick to their guns, keep being nice to him, which, well, we'll get to that plan. So the next day, uh, Ferdy is actually in a great mood. Turns out Queenie called him the night before and demanded answers to her homework. This means in Ferdy's atrophied mind that Queenie is totally into the furred. The Cubs, though, see through her ruse and predict horrible things for our poor Ferdy. Chapter 8. Ferdy's good mood extends into the classroom where he teaches a lesson in simple machines to the class, including lifting Teacher Bob's desk with a crude lever. Remember this. Ferdy is very good at simple machines, and he's really good at levers. It's amazing. The Cubs are surprised at what an affable teacher Ferdy can be and suspect that he actually enjoys sharing his knowledge with others. Meanwhile, Two Tall's admittedly justified pounding of the nerd has resulted in him being suspended from playing the football. And what with Queenie making eyes at Ferdy and everything, Two Tall is ready for some a revenge. In Chapter 9, this revenge comes in the form of Two Tall and the gang luring Ferdy into a game of dodgeball, or more accurately, smear the... The bear. Smear the bear. Ferdy is repeatedly smacked in the back and face by Too Tall's gang's uh, rub rubber balls. And his sanity is finally undone when he sees his beloved Queenie laughing at him from the sidelines. Ferdy is beside himself with grief and rage and runs away into the woods. Chapter 10. A massive search party is organized. <laughs> And I'm serious. I'm literally serious. The police get involved because Ferdy has been missing all day. Actual factual, being the distant uninvolved uncle that he apparently is, he's he doesn't even know Ferdy is missing, which is weird for a guardian. He he called the cub. I mean, I didn't realize that when he was calling the cubs in the beginning of the book that he was like, I have no interest in taking care of this child. Uh, so Papa goes to the Forbidden Bog to search for Ferdy, but he ends up getting rescued by Ferdy when he falls into quicksand, which I guess is a thing that happens. Uh, Ferdy uses the power of science to lift Papa out of the bog with a lever. Although Papa doesn't seem to be in too much actual danger because it's quicksand, which isn't a real actually like threatening. It's not really a thing. Like you don't, you're probably never going to encounter quicksand in your life. It's just not a thing that kind of like happens. 
So, uh, chapter 11, Ferdy returns to school as a hero, I guess. People have learned uh, that he saved Papa Bear with a lever, I guess. And so he's learned some kind of a lesson, I guess. Also, the football team is floundering without too tall. So Ferdy says he'll get his suspension retracted, I guess. Also, uh, he'll study football overnight to help the team come up with a winning play, I guess. Uh, the whole plot starts unraveling as soon as they start trying to tie it together. Uh, it's a strange, really weird twist in the book. Uh, all of a sudden, Ferdy is nice and he wants to help too tall and help the football team. Uh, and he comes to a weird realization about Queenie that leaves kind of a bad taste in my mouth. Yesterday at recess, I happened to overhear Queenie. She was breaking up with Tootall. She told him off for getting suspended. Then she told him that if the football team got creamed again by the Bulldogs, she would be terribly embarrassed. That's because she's head cheerleader. Then she called him a big stupid klutz. So now you and Tootall have something in common, said Brother. He was thinking of the sneaky way Queenie had used them against each other. Yes, said Ferdy. I'm afraid I was wrong about Queenie. You wrong about something, said Brother. Of course, he was teasing. Why not, said Ferdy. He sounded serious. I'm planning to be a scientist, you know. A scientist must learn to recognize error, even his own. Well, said Brother, that's an interesting way to look at it. Weird, but interesting. And there's a picture with... Ferdy thinking of Queenie with a huge X drawn through her and brother giving Ferdy a kind of a strange look. Um, yeah, we'll get to that. Uh, in the final chapter, uh, Ferdy presents his winning play to the football coach, Coach Grismeyer. See if you can follow this. Uh, let me state it in logical terms, he began. If one assumes that the strength of the Bruin City team depends on its ability to substitute freely, then it follows the key to beating them is to interfere with their ability to do so. Clearly, the simplest answer is to put in a hurry-up-no-huddle offense, or as the ancient Chinese philosopher said, sow confusion to the wind, and you make your enemy chaff. Which, I don't even, that's not even like sentences. What philosoph Chinese philosophy? I mean, it doesn't, that's not a thing, it's not really a plan, but the team wins. They never explain really what happens, but they win. Ferdy is such a hero that too tall hoists him onto his shoulders and vows to protect him from here on out. I assume that Queenie gets shamed for life. Does everyone hate her now? I don't know. That's the way the book ends. Um, it's a really weird, really weird book. Um, I don't understand what the lesson was. I don't understand who the good guy was. I don't understand who we're supposed to be rooting for. Um, Ferdy is a extremely unpleasant character. He's hateful and vindictive and really blank most of the time um so let's break down a few a few points first of all queenie mcbear has been a, a, a sidelined character in all the chapter books so far she and too tall are in this weirdly weird on again off again really adversarial relationship uh she's constantly breaking up with him he's constantly breaking up with her we know that she likes to play other cubs against too tall in order to make him jealous and that uh, she likes to uh, humiliate him and insult him in front of people. And he, and he's not any better. They're, they're very just, it's a very ugly relationship. But in this book, we get this really weird shift in the way the Cubs are portrayed. Uh, Queenie stops just being antagonistic to Too Tall. And she starts becoming this sort of like really weird. She starts using herself as a temptation for Ferdy to get what she wants. 
Um, we see her using her, uh, I guess, assume her appeals, her charms to get to manipulate uh, a young cub into helping her out at school, which is something that it's not a way Queenie I've ever really seen Queenie portrayed. Queenie is, you know, when we first met her, she was a jerk. She was kind of kind of positioned as the female too tall, but she's never been portrayed as less than intelligent. Um, I just I, I feel kind of weird the way she's the, the way she's sold here because too tall is just as much a jerk in this book. And he comes around on Ferdy, which is, again, that really weird bear country way of coming around on someone you don't like, as we saw all the way back in uh, The Neighborly Skunk, which is as long as a person can do something to your benefit, then they're worth knowing. If they can't do anything for you, they may as well not exist, or they may as well invite your ire. We see it repeated in many of the neighbor books. It's a it's a really weird value. Like, uh, too tall is comes. Too tall beats up a student. He beats up Ferdy. He pushes him over and pummels him with balls. And Ferdy believes in doing things for the good of the group. Sort of. Um, his his motives are murky. He's like, no, no, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna get too tall out of suspension so that he can help the team. And then brother's like, but he's a bad guy. And he's like, well, it's not about too tall. It's about the team. It's about helping the team. And brother never really follows this. Um, it's it, it it's 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 it doesn't make a whole lot of sense plot wise. I mean, it, it makes sense in order to get everyone on Ferdy's side. But what the point I'm making is that too tall and Queenie are both equally. Equally antagonistic to Ferdy and manipulative in very different ways. Um, Too tall is more blunt. He just wants to torment this kid, and he can't because Ferdy doesn't respond. And Queenie wants to manipulate Ferdy into giving her all the answers. I don't know why she never tried this with cousin Fred. I'm sure cousin Fred would have more than appreciated it rather than having to go to a dance with his own cousin. But that's another story. Uh, why Queenie is choosing to do it with Ferdy? I mean, he's not like he's the only smart cub in the school. Do it with brother. Like I don't. I'm in any. I'm not advocating using sexuality to get what you want. I mean, it's your body. Do whatever you want, Queenie McBear. But you're a kid. These are kids. No, that's not good. Bad lesson. Bad lesson, everyone. Um, but what I'm saying is that Too Tall, in the end, ends up getting what he wants and coming out on top and is kind of portrayed as, like, a good guy now because he likes Ferdy, even though he only likes him because... But Queenie is kind of left in the lurch, even though she was no worse than Too Tall. Like... I don't know if they're going to follow up. Like we're going to learn more about Queenie in the upcoming books, but it left me feeling weird at the end that Queenie was portrayed as this like temptress who ended up being kind of the, the ultimate bad guy of the book, even though she wasn't like it would have been better to me. And I don't know, maybe she's going to, maybe there's more stuff coming up with Queenie learning this lesson in the future, but it would have been better played better to me. If Queenie had learned a lesson in this book, if the lesson had been about her manipulating Ferdy, there's so many antagonistic people in this book. It's hard to know where I'm supposed to be rooting. Uh, Ferdy himself is our central character, but he's so unlikable. And that brings me to another question. Is Ferdy a sociopath? I can't tell. Um, he let's look at the let's look at what we know. He expresses no emotions, but he is extremely conniving. He doesn't have seem to have social anxiety he doesn't seem to have no idea how to relate to people he knows how to manipulate the way people see him um 
he's trying to come across as a know-it-all, which he is. He's very smart. He doesn't respond to bullying the way other kids do. He sort of writes everything down and takes notes for later. He manipulates situations to his own ends. He doesn't seem to actually care about anyone. He likes Queenie while she's flattering him. Once he figures out what's going on, she becomes a non-person to him, as is portrayed by the fact that they drew Queenie with an X over her face. He, he makes the other cubs feel weird, even after he's had his little change of quote-unquote heart. Brother seems still very put off by, by, by little Ferdy here. There's something off about this cub. I have a feeling that Ferdy's parents maybe weren't too busy to have him around. I think they were kind of trying to get rid of this guy. I don't like Ferdy. I don't like the way he's portrayed. And this is beyond nerdiness, which brings us back to good nerd, bad nerd. So Cousin Fred is our good nerd, which means he's just a, an, an affable kid. He's a little book smart. He's a little, uh, he's a little awkward. But he's friends with people. Uh, he's just nerdy. He wears big glasses. Uh, he's a little, I mean, I won't even say he's less athletic. He's, he's, he's just a normal kid who gets picked on for being a little nerdy because he enjoys, he enjoys scholarly pursuits. He enjoys knowing things. He's a little bit of a well-actually person. Uh, he likes to point out facts. He likes to quote the encyclopedia. That's fine. That's fine. He's a nerd. He's a nice 80s nerd. I guess this is the early 90s. He's an early 90s nerd. This is a kid you'd see on a Nickelodeon sitcom. Uh, yeah, good kid. The bad nerd problem, though, I think extends beyond bad nerdiness. Um, it's not It's not Ferdy's nerdiness that makes him unlikable. As the Cubs point out, it's this weird, creepy attitude he has. It's this weird aggression. It's his obsession with with notes and studying people as if they were animals. I don't like that. I don't like where this boy is headed. I'm curious to know if if he shows up in the future. I am sure he will. There's many chapter books to come. They are they're they're planting seeds here. I want to see if these seeds come to fruition. But yes, I have problems with nerdy ferdy factual. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's it. Uh, overall. Uh, it's a strange book. It doesn't fit the feeling of the last two books. I mean, the first book we did, uh, The New Girl in Town, was Dynamite. The second book, Gotta Dance, uh, my, is my second favorite next to, uh, next to New Girl in Town. Um, just, it was, it was odd, but, uh, made a little bit more sense, but it didn't have the fun goofiness. This book's really off-putting. I may, maybe I'll tie it with, uh, with Gotta Dance as far as Nerdy Ferdy Factual is... And you don't see many just unpleasant characters in Bear Country. Uh, even Too Tall, like, he's unpleasant, but he fits into a niche. Nerdy Ferdy Factual is not a niche character. He, Well, I mean, he is a niche character. He's not a, uh, he's not an archetype. He's something new, something bizarre, something ugly. He's not even a Saturday morning character. He's a creepy character. Ferdy Factual, everyone. Put him in your pocket. Keep, keep an eye on that. We'll see if he pops up again and in what capacity. Maybe they'll soften him. I don't know. Uh, he reminds me of, uh, if you ever read the Henry Huggins books, which I cover on uh, the other podcast I do uh, with John McCoy called Click It Cast, a Beverly Cleary podcast, there's a character named Murph who shows up in the Henry Huggins books. And especially in the first book, he's similar. He's, he's 
incredibly intelligent. Well, also in the guess in the next book he's in, he's incredibly intelligent and he's very aggressive and off putting. And it's not just socially. It's he's got an ugly streak to him. And I'd put nerdy, Ferdy factual right in there with Murph from the Henry Huggins books. If you know what I'm talking about, if you've ever read the Henry Huggins books, if you're an old man, old, old man like me. Uh, but that's it. That was 1993's The Berenstain Bears and The Nerdy Nephew. I hope you enjoyed it. We're going to be looking at some more chapter books in the future. Uh, if you want to find me, you can find me at berenstainbearcast.wordpress.com or find me uh, on Twitter at bstainbearcast. Or you can write to me at berenstainbearcast or Yes, at BerenstainBearCast at gmail.com. I had to think about that for a second. Uh, I also have two other podcasts. Uh, the aforementioned Click It Cast, a Beverly Cleary podcast with John McCoy of Sophomore Lit. It's part of the Incomparable Network. And I have a podcast I do with my teenager, Ollie, which is called It's Del Toro Time, a podcast about the films of Guillermo del Toro, the Mexican filmmaker who made such classics as Pan's Labyrinth, uh, Hellboy and Blade 2. If you're at all interested in the works of Guillermo del Toro, uh, tune in. It's not uh, as as kid-friendly as this show because we talk about these movies, which have many unkid-friendly aspects to them. We keep the language clean, just like I always like to do on my shows. So I'm out there. Uh, you can find those online, too. Give them a listen. Uh, if you like this show um, and you haven't gone to iTunes and given it a, a rating, I would love uh, some ratings on iTunes. Those sort of leveled off after a while. And the more, the merrier. It's going to help me and help the show out uh, immensely. I have uh, plans coming up for the future, more chapter books, more fun stuff. So tune in next week when I will see you deep in bear country. 